0: Good morning, entrepreneurs. You're tuned into the non-corporate network, the worldwide leader in entrepreneurship. You are watching Entrepreneurs. My name is Chaz Vandermotter. Dustin Trout. And we are ready to bring you the top six trending small business headlines in the world, Craig. Dustin, do you have anything you want to add to my glorious intro?
1: Nope. Hit the nail on the head. Top six headlines, small business news for entrepreneurs. Keep you, keep you up to date. Ready to dive in?
0: Yeah. Thank you again if you're tuning in on Facebook Live. Check us out on the podcast if you're not listening there. Anywhere you can find us, entrepreneurs. I'm ready to dive in. I'm ready to take the belt and celebrate. Pop some champagne.
1: And then reality sinks in. Alright, going into our first story, U of A. They are awarded $26 million uh, to architect the quantum internet. Uh, so, they'll be receiving $26 million over 5 years from the National Science Foundation. Uh, this includes a 5-year option at the end uh, for another $24.5 million. Um, they'll be joined by the likes of Harvard, the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, and Yale. So, some pretty pretty big names there. Um, they're trying to revolutionize how humankind computes, communicates, and senses the world by creating a fabric to connect quantum computers, data centers, and gadgets using quantum computing. Um, ultimately, quantum computing just makes passing of data that much quicker so things load faster. Um, there's a lot you can do from autonomous driving. Um, it's just the, the next, next revolution of uh, technology and and really, I mean, is this the next frontier of uh, what's going to benefit mankind? Or is this, you know, it's all around data. Is, is people's privacy and data going to be exploited through this?
0: Well, you know, I don't think we, we know enough about all of this. And so, that there needs to be research done. And, you know, my thought on the matter is that out of the stakeholders that could be completing this research, I think it's going to be done the most profitability agnostic way. With these research institutions doing it, humbled to have something here on the West Coast in Arizona. Um, but you know, standing in the likes of Harvard, Stanford, MIT, all of these other uh, like entities that are also a part of this. I guess my question is: twenty-six million dollars for four years or five years? Um, you know, what is the outcome we're looking for that's going to you know allow us to say, hey, this is a successful project? I, I I wonder what that is defined as, um, and and I also wonder, you know, how how we're how is this going to work in terms of um, you know what is next uh, for us as a, as a society? Are there going to be laws around how you can quantum compute? Um, but yeah, I mean, I think there's still a lot of uh, ambiguity around this.
1: Yeah, I there's a lot of unknowns, but I mean, it's it's you know it's it's tough. We're going to have to be reactive, but I mean. You know, my thought is, I mean, to your point, 26 million over over 4 years, I mean, it's it's a whole lot. I mean, it's a big number, but it's a whole lot of nothing whenever you compare it to 1 billion in in fraud that exactly. happened with PPP loans and and really it's, you know, these are all huge colleges, they're prestigious colleges, that's yep. great, but, you know, colleges aren't the quickest to to do things. They they don't have profitability in mind. I mean, you have Google that's that's huge on quantum computing. You have a bunch of big companies you know why isn't there more collaboration between the the colleges that are doing the research and the companies that have profit in mind? I think it's a healthy into, blend.
0: They're going, they're getting called into the Senate to uh, to testify about the data privacy policies that they have and the the sneaky things that they're doing. I don't want them touching this. So well, I, Ch- I mean,
1: China's uh, quickly becoming number one. So uh, it's 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 tough. I, you know, well, how do you balance that?
0: You know, I I it, it yeah, I hope that his, uh, blah, blah. I hope that Harvard and Stanford and MIT can continue to lead the charge here cuz uh you know got to trust in trust in our own um well getting into our next story uh payroll tax cuts start today uh so the Trump administration has put forth a policy that uh is allowing small business owners and uh, and single employees to be able to defer their payroll tax Um, Until the end of 2020. Um, You know, this is something where we've done the triple P, we've done the stimulus, uh, looking for ways to still give relief without um, printing more money, without having issues with fraud, without... You know, shooting ourselves in the foot more than we already have. I think we got a couple bullet holes in one foot, and so (laughs) we're running out of places to shoot ourselves in the foot. And so, uh, you know, Dustin, what are your thoughts on this uh, payroll tax deferral program? And do you think that this is the right way forward for uh, how we deal with uh, with the economic crisis that's happening?
1: I mean, it's interesting. I do. I do love that you know we're not printing money, and uh, you know, on the side of inflation. But I mean. I wonder what foresight is being done. I know in the story it mentions that Trump is trying to work with uh, Steve um, Mnuchin on on figuring out if they can make this to where it's forgivable, similar to the PPP program. But again, you have all this ambiguity. You have uh, cement that's still drying, and and uh, you know we're moving forward. And it's how many people are going to rely on this? Going, oh, you know what? They'll figure it out. It'll be forgivable, just to be burdened with the huge bill next year. And even then, it's uh, you know it is good that we're putting more money in people's pockets. But with that deferral, it's, you know, make numbers easy. If I'm getting $100 a paycheck now, and now with this, I'm at 150 most people are going to adjust their lifestyle to spend at 150 Then all of a sudden next year comes, and now we have to go back down to $60 paychecks to to make up for that that other, the the money that was deferred. And so you're going to have a huge wake-up yeah, call to people. you're paying
0: double. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's so, I mean, and that's the whole thing is like, well, is this supposed to help our GDP? Speed up the velocity of money? Give us some kind of consumer spending back? Um, and at what cost? Yeah, because it's like I, I don't know. I, I think that it's tough.
1: I mean, I think the goal is you're putting a little bit more money in everyone's pockets. They're gonna go spend, which then is gonna create more jobs, which then is gonna create more cash influx, which then people can get pay raises and all that. So then the the, the deferral isn't gonna be impacted. But I mean, hopefully it all it all works that way. I mean, we got the election coming, and there, there's a lot of variables at play that that could not lead us down that, that path. But um, again, I I think it it is better than, than printing money though.
0: No, I agree. And and you preach this all the time, be responsible. Some people are going to make good decisions with this policy in place. And some people are going to make irresponsible decisions or too risky of decisions with the way that they use their cash. And at the end of the day, that's the luxury we have as being American citizens. (laughs) We have the choice. And so, uh, you know, hard to feel too bad for, for people that are, uh, that are kind of doing it to themselves.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, things have been coming back, seeing more cars on the road. I mean, that people are getting out and about more and it's, I mean, you mentioned all the time outcomes driven. If our whole outcome is to create more spending and and help with the cash, then, I mean, it's, we should be thinking more on, on the end. I mean, it would hate to create another bubble just because all of a sudden, uh, people are caught with big bills that they didn't know they'd be having. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. No, I hear you. Well, getting into our next story, Walmart Plus. They've been in the news. They're going to be launching $98 subscription, free shipping on orders, a minimum of $35, um, unlimited delivery, more than 160,000 items. I am all about Walmart Plus. Get me in, all in, chips on the table. I love this. They're launching on September 15th. They wouldn't have waited this long if they weren't planning on doing this right. They've known e-commerce is a big deal for a long time, Dustin. They've had Walmart.com pumping for years and with their robust logistics network, all of the experience that they have, all of the relationships that they've built in three times the lifetime of Amazon, if not more, I'm betting on Walmart. All in, Dustin. What do you think about this? Yeah, uh,
1: good. Good luck competing with Amazon. I mean, it's uh, you go out into the world and if you ask, you know, as many people as you can, what do you think about Amazon? What do you think about Walmart? More people, I feel, are going to have negative feedback on on Walmart. And uh, I hear you that the 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 cost is the same, but I mean, Amazon offers streaming TV services, streaming uh, music. They have file storage. I mean, there's there's like twenty different things that come with uh, Amazon. Plus, that or Amazon Prime that they're not even uh, really advertising. They've just started it, but I mean, in terms of you're going to be paying the same amount either way. They've been working on getting more distribution centers to bring down the delivery time. I mean, it's. I I think there is a huge segment that that. I mean, it is going to benefit Walmart. They're they're going to make tons of money off of it. But I think if the argument is. Are they going to steal a ton of market share from Amazon? I don't think that's the case. Unless they can get extremely innovative. And I mean, you got photo search, There's a lot that they can do to incorporate into hey. that. I mean, they they allude to more perks, but I don't know what those are. So, I think it's going to be great for consumers though. They're because gonna,
0: They're going to beat Amazon in food. Okay. They're going to beat them in apparel. They're going to go head to head with them in many other places. All right. This is something where I see it being... um. Amazon is looked on so favorably because of the amount of money that people have made on the stock of Amazon. Uh, And the fact that that stock is completely inflated doesn't, you know, and that also being the whole reason why people love Amazon, I think is unsustainable. I think that, you know, Walmart has got so much in terms of private labeled products. They don't have this third party issue that Amazon has where they don't even own their supply chain because people are responsible for their success, really. Um, you know, and on top of that, Bezos has just gotten probed and lied to the American people and was caught lying to the American people about putting small businesses out of business that use Amazon as a, as a platform.
1: And the average consumer does not care about. It. I mean, that's why we're doing this, so that we can convey the news, so people can be, you know, more, as you say, woke to all of this. And uh, I, I, what what you've mentioned, Amazon has made people a ton of money through investments. Good luck trying to get people to go. Hey, thank you for making me money, but you know what? Amazon or Walmart came out with something that's the exact same price. I'm gonna leave you and go over to Walmart. I don't think that's gonna oh, happen. You know,
0: go buy some Walmart stock. It's not overinflated like that, uh, I mean, like, like Amazon. I,
1: I'd agree with you there. I mean, look at the <laughs> peonies on on both, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well,
0: uh, we'll di- agree to disagree. We'll we'll touch base on this one, but only time will tell. Buy Walmart stock. Uh, okay, getting into our next story. Meritage Homes closes. A hundred uh, closes on a, a lot with 172 um, individual lots. Paid 1.96 million dollars for these pro- for this property. Uh, you know this is crazy to see. I mean, the real estate market in Arizona is they're flying off the shelf. So, uh, you know, Dustin, I'm wondering, in your opinion, you know, how does Phoenix equate when you see these types of real estate projects happening one after another, hundreds of people moving a day to Arizona. What does this look like in terms of the growth of uh, the Arizona economic um, kind of climate?
1: Oh, it's huge. I mean, I am super bullish that uh, Arizona is going to become, I mean, a huge uh, mecca for business for just everything. I mean, you got people leaving New York, California, all these big, big cities that are the top five. That I mean, the taxes are high. They're 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 built in a very small area, so you right. got tons of people that are are crammed together. And what we're going through now with COVID, I mean. Arizona is a perfect spot. We're huge. I mean, it takes you an hour and a half to go from one side of the valley to the other side, and so I mean, Amazon—they, you know—we mentioned last week that they're going to be out in Goodyear, and so it's like, hey, they're going to be out there. They just landed this deal. They just basically sold all their homes to all the future warehouse employees there. I mean, it's it's insane. I mean, I'm out in South Mountain, and it's within two or three miles, there's four or five new subdivisions going up, and it, it it's insane how how many people are moving here. But yeah. I, I'm for it. I mean, just the cost of living is so much cheaper when you look at the taxes and everything. I mean, it's just more affordable. And and uh, I think the the trend will continue. But yeah. as that trend continues, we'll quickly become the New York's and California's where the cost of living is going to go yeah. up. I mean, there's already stories yeah. about rent in downtown Phoenix is just skyrocketing and people are having to to, to move out. And so... Yeah,
0: no, I mean it's going to continue to grow for sure. It's fifth largest city in the U.S. and uh, so I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say that I'd put it up there in the, you know top three range, but you know I think that uh, it's going to continue to grow. Um, you know, it, it also begs the question like, what is that bang for your buck? Especially as a business moving to Arizona. I mean, we talk about 172 lots getting sold for less than two million dollars. You know, 172 lots in San Francisco um you know it's already come down significantly i'm sure in terms of property value but still like it it's 10x if not more <sighs> and so you know you either spend 2 million in california or you spend 2 million here you're going to get so much more for that and mm-hmm. so i mean that's such an incentive on top of the sandboxes that Ducey has uh, been an advocate of. I think there's a lot of legislation that's favorable to small businesses and even C corps and larger businesses, uh, especially in like the fintech space and and a few other areas. I think it's it's going to be something where yeah, there's a lot of upside to moving to a place like Arizona for your company.
1: I mean, look at Tesla. I mean, they were looking at a couple different places, yep. but moving from California, I think they landed in Texas. But just in taxes, it saved them hundreds of millions of dollars, and it's like. Okay, as a business, if I move locations, I have a couple extra hundred million, like yeah. okay, I can do a lot more and grow my business much quicker. Why would I even do business in California? It blows my mind how many companies are headquartered in California due to just the taxes. But yeah. it's not uh, it's yeah, gonna
0: con- it's gonna continue to be kind of a uh, snowball effect, I think, in terms of people moving from California New York, places like that. Yeah. Before we get into our next story, I wanna mention that we are powered by State 48 rocking some state 48 collab today actually um you know yeah it got speaks for itself on. we got we got drip out here and entrepreneurs and uh it's all thanks to sfe really love what they're doing dustin tell them about state 48 real quick
1: yeah i mean making awesome clothing clothing for all inspired by arizona but i mean even outside of that it's uh i mean we keep harping on a lot we're huge on community and bring the community together and that's uh their their huge focus on is, is building a community and through that what they're doing is partnering with different nonprofits and and doing collaborations there yep. and and the the profits or proceeds part of it goes back to that that nonprofit so not only are they making super comfortable clothing that looks really good it's uh it's also going back into the community into to hands of the people that really need it so yep. make sure to check them out state48.com
0: amen to that
1: cool going into our next story so 63 percent of in-office employees Have COVID stress. Who would have ever thought COVID stress would even be a thing? Um, On the contrary, 35% of remote workers uh, have COVID stress. So you got a lot less COVID stress if you're working remote. This was all done, uh, you know, a thousand different people were surveyed. So it's not a a tiny little survey. Um, And from that, 51% of the people say that their mental health has worsened, you know, through this COVID crisis. Um, When it comes to motivation, the the numbers kind of, change there with 51% of remote workers feeling unmotivated, not wanting to actually get their work done whereas 45%. So you got one option, you can have people in in house and uh dealing with a lot more stress but they're more motivated or you can have people that have less stress but they're less motivated. I you know, what's the the lesser of two evils there. Um yeah. <laughs> what's crazy though is, you know, mental health has cost businesses 44 billion dollars in the in lost productivity this last year and so Really, I mean, the the question is, we talked about 401k, that company that's coming in helping small business. I mean, keeping in line with benefits, I mean, should more businesses be be expanding into the mental health when it comes to their benefits offering? Is there something the government should be doing to mandate some of this, knowing that that's such a huge... I mean, $44 billion, That's that's a ton of money. Um,
0: the answer is yes, and yes, and yes, some more, and yes, one more time after that, you know, I... Why are we not doing this already? You know, we do it for physical ailments. Mental health, in my opinion, is a physical ailment. And it's something that is swept across the United States. And especially now with you working remote, being by yourself, not having that sense of community, being stuck in your home. People are already dealing with, uh, with a lot of these mental problems that are caused by technology, that are caused by alienation, that are caused by loneliness. And so to further put people down those wormholes over the last six, seven months, of course it's going to cause problems. And people need to interact with other people. People need to have contact. People need to be able to go outside. And so this is a huge problem. It should definitely, and it starts with the insurance companies covering it. Um, but this this is a trickle down from insurance companies to the businesses that purchase the insurance to the government that makes sure that the insurance companies are acting ethically and allowing for this to be accessible treatment that people can purchase without it costing them an arm and a leg. And so uh, I, I think it, it absolutely should be standard.
1: No, I, I completely agree. I mean, it blows my mind how many businesses just look at the cost of things rather than the the output of the ROI of it. And it's like, sure, it might cost you an extra five, six hundred bucks a month per employee, but by not paying that, it's gonna cost you an extra two grand, three grand in actual revenue being driven because of the the unproductivity. And and so it's I, I think it should totally be looked at. I mean, I, yeah. I you know, I'm not one for regulation and, and forcing businesses to do something. Those right. who decide to invest will be the winners and those will become the big companies and and Fair you know the, the the best will win. But I, I think that there is something to be said about, you know, the mental side. I'm huge on it. And uh, you know, if it if it's impacting productivity this much and costing forty four billion, I think it's in the best interest of businesses to figure out how to how to circumvent that essentially. Yep. Cool. So going on to our final story. So tech tumbles. So the tech industry tumbled quite a bit on Wall Street. So um, it's been the sharpest fall since June over the last couple days. So the NASDAQ yesterday was down 5%. The S&P was down 6%. The biggest losses come from the tech sector with Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, and Tesla leading the way. I mean it's crazy Tesla alone was uh down 9% yesterday and I think 5% the day before. I mean that's a Elon Musk that's a big chunk of change taken out of your bank account. I mean that's probably a couple billion. Um you know is this the beginning of the end for uh you know the the tech industry or is this the beginning of the end for the 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 ever growing yeah. stock market um yeah. as we've seen it recently.
0: Well, you know it, it's tough. Uh, this one definitely affected me as I'm sure it affected plenty of you guys <laughs> out there. I'm feeling it. Um, but you know, I'll also say that, you know, the this is the dawning of the age of the value stock. And so seeing these growth stocks that um that people have long invested in. I mean, Tesla is an easy target. There's plenty of others like it. Uh, but you know, it goes back to that P and E ratio, right? And so uh I, I think that uh this is uh this is gonna be. An ongoing thing, but I don't think it's the beginning of the end. We saw in the dot com bubble it kind of popped. I think that that was built way more unsustainably than what has been built in this second wave of tech bubble. Um I think that this tech is not necessarily in a bubble. I think that it is continuing to innovate month over month, year over year, and so it's not necessarily some faux kind of value on you know a lot of the things that are being created. I think that you know. It's just these companies like Amazon, Apple, Tesla that have pretty much run the entire perception of the stock market. When they start struggling, when they're built up unsustainably like they have been, then it's going to affect the market as a whole. And so that's what I think we're seeing. But I wouldn't say it's the beginning of the end.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree with you there. I mean, going back to the dot com, I mean, the the it was all... Cool dreams and everything back then. Where now there's actual business models, exactly. there's ways of making revenue. Exactly. There's uh, it is more sustainable. But it wasn't just I mean, yeah. There, there was idea. a really big run, and so I mean everything That's you know, true. all good things must come to an end eventually. And granted, this isn't going to be a huge end, but I mean you know, anytime I see sharpest fall since June or biggest declines or you know those big things, all that tells me is look, it, it's not going away. But buy now's the time to buy. If you've got that extra money laying around, now's the time to buy. But I mean going back to what. What you're looking at, it's you got so many of these big companies like the apples, the I mean, especially Tesla. I mean, it's we're talking before this. My dad is huge on it. It's like, you know, we mentioned P and E quite a bit, and it's how long is it going to take before you actually get a return on your money? And it's like 52 years for Tesla because they're not driving a ton of revenue. It's all speculation. Everyone loves the idea of the business model, but right. it hasn't really exploded. I mean, there was a number the other day that I saw where it's like Ford has sold a couple hundred million vehicles, were Tesla's you know the twenty thirty thousand. Yeah. Those aren't the exact numbers but the, the <laughs> yeah, discrepancy yeah, yeah. between the two is huge but yeah. the the value of Tesla is way bigger than Ford so it's like there's a lot of a lot of weird things going on but definitely I don't think this We're is the We're also feeling the, the, of the
0: pain end. of the the rise of the stock trader with uh these hmm. apps coming out like yeah. Robinhood and everything else so I think it's uh it it'll, it'll, it'll be interesting to see but you know stay woke and you'll uh you'll be able to kind of see these things before they happen uh but you know Looking back on the stories, Walmart Plus, get it all in, baby. Give me I'm putting my, Put my car keys, put my phone. It's all going in the pot, man. I I truly think that uh that it's time for for something to compete. And uh, you know, who better than, you know, really the only other business on the the our continent that can can do anything about it. So i uh, i wanna i wanna support them, and hopefully uh they'll they'll bring some competition to to this landscape
1: yeah no my favorite is the uh u of a getting some some money, but more so the quantum computing i mean we've been talking about it quite a bit i mean we've seen huge businesses built just going from 3G to 4G. I mean, yeah. this kind of gets us to in the 5G and just the, the passing of day. I mean, it's just going to create so many more opportunities that oh, yeah. we don't even, we can't even fathom right now. And I, I can't wait to see that explosion of jobs that comes. And I mean, there's going to be some some downfall to it and people taking advantage of some things and hopefully uh, regulation can quickly come into place. But yep. um, I, I'm excited to see the the future. I nerd out over it.
0: Yeah, no, it's it is exciting. Well, Again, you guys are tuned into the Non-Corporate Network, the Worldwide Leader in Entrepreneurship. This is Entrepreneurs. Thank you for checking us out. Hopefully, uh, you are watching or listening to the podcast. You can find us anywhere you type in the word Entrepreneurs directly into the search bar on Google, YouTube, Twitter, wherever we're there. So check us out. We appreciate you following the mission to bring unbiased news to entrepreneurs and uh, really keep us all informed on what are the hot takes? What's going on right now that we can be uh, using to our advantage? How do we make our business better? So uh, that's DMO. Dustin, anything you want to add?
1: No, appreciate you guys tuning in. Make it a great Friday. Make it a great, great weekend. Get some stuff done uh, and enjoy Labor Day. We'll be back next week.